Hi, this is Alexandra Roxo, and today we are talking about empowered energy dynamics. What's up? It's Kevin Crenshaw, aka The Heart Guy. Welcome to The Heartbeat, where we talk about living life from the heart. So this topic is, um, we can go in a lot of different directions with this, Mm -hmm. but I know that we talked a little bit before recording um, about just being masculine or being feminine and non-genderizing that, especially yeah. in 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. So I'm really also excited to have this conversation with you yeah. just as a leader in the feminine, um, since you do a lot of women's work, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what, so what all do you do just so people know if you could? Yeah, so I, I've been called to understanding what it means to be a woman in the world today for a long time. I've made art and films and plays, um, written a lot of articles, just understanding my own sexuality and my own healing around it and my body. I think most women have had some sort of um, pain or trauma around their body or their sexuality. Some is more direct and some it's more indirect. And that can really impact your ability to speak, to express yourself, to love yourself, etc. So in a sense, there's a collective healing, I believe, around the female body and around female sexuality um, that I feel very passionate about helping women to feel safe enough to be in their bodies and to claim their sexuality and their voice. Um, And those things all, to me, are interrelated. And, you know, if you look at it even just... um, physically and you go through the body you have the the voice the voice and the vocal cords that you know can they look very vaginal you have the heart that kind of meets in between and this like the cervix or the womb so there's this there is this inner channel that um i really do a lot of work with women in opening and expressing anything that's stuck along that channel um and you could say that that's more it is energetic so it's not like a physical necessarily thing. However, there are um, there's a lot of science around how pain gets stored in the body. Yeah, definitely. So as women, I think that um, a lot of when I do practices with women that work specifically on like the pelvis um, and the womb and the cervix, uh, a lot of actual I think emotions that have been stored come through. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a, a lot of the work I've been doing the last few years. Because mm-hmm. before I was just kind of talking about what was happening, making stories, telling, making like films. In your own process. Well, yeah. documentaries and stuff as an artist. And then I was mm. like, oh, okay, well, I can be, I can tell the stories of the past, right? Mm-hmm. Or I can report on the, the present, or I can also like help people to create the new paradigm within their body. Yeah. So that's been cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So what does it really mean to you to be a woman in 2019, 2020? Um, And how has that shifted? Or I guess the feminine, because like we talked about before, it's not just genderizing masculine or feminine. Right. So you can look at like, we have to take into account the belief systems that we're working with in order to have the conversations like this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were say to look at, um, an Eastern perspective under, let's say, some uh, tantric lineages from India, or if you were, say, looking under some tantric Buddhist in, uh, lineages, 
or say you're just looking at a Western masculine feminine, those are all going to be different definitions. Definitely. So because we all come from different backgrounds and we have different belief systems, I don't, I definitely don't ever want to give like a sort of, um, nouveau spiritual mishmash masculine feminine some mm-hmm. sort of internet masculine feminine but i really appreciate the way that carl jung talks about the mm-hmm. masculine feminine the anima animas and um i also really appreciate the way david data talks about masculine fem- feminine so i want to be very clear whose ideas i'm working with uh yeah. And that it's not some generalization and that it's also not a genderization. So we're not just talking about genitals. We're talking about um, these core principles of being and doing. So with David Data, he describes polarity in a way that it's really separate than your physical anatomy. That it's like two magnets, you know. One is a plus, one is a minus. If plus plus hit each other, they repel plus minus creates a point of attraction and and therefore then that's translated into um the relational space and i've found that to be really interesting concepts to explore and to Mm -hmm. learn about as i've been healing i think that the, the feminine um or female bodied beings who have healing to do it can be very difficult then to say wanting want to enter into a polarized space where mm-hmm. um energetically you're sort of asking for penetration i'm not saying physically necessarily though obviously that's like connected but um i think that if you have a lot of trauma or you're holding that you're probably going to be drawn towards non-penetrating people or, mm-hmm. or men yeah. let's say mm-hmm. um because that is less of a threat so for me there's been this process around trusting men healing through my own stuff so that i could trust someone who um i'm not in the more masculine pole with so i'm not the one in control or the leader and so in order for me to feel safe enough to not be in control or not be the leader at least half the time (laughs) but you know that's that's where the healing has to take place so i think collectively like uh, in the west i'll say because i can only speak from being a woman in the u.s um a white woman in the u.s of a certain amount of privilege that um coming from coming from cultural narratives around rape and female bodies needing to be like thin and beautiful and um and and all of that coming from that and healing that wound has allowed a space for me to be like ooh, now like what how do I engage with the masculine from mm, this place? Yeah. Not from my wound. Yes. But from feeling like awesome. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's, it's, it's taken me a while. And I think a lot of women actually will just choose being with someone who's weaker than them or they could be in control mm. because that is the safe, right? Like, right. especially if, if, if uh, abuse or pain or anything is in your body or your lineage, so I yeah for some reason I didn't I had relationships where I I was definitely um, in control for many years and they weren't fulfilling I would mm-hmm. lose interest you know and I was like okay this is an internal dynamic yeah. with my own masculine feminine that I need to work on so that I can attract somebody who I feel like is an equal or play in that domain of polarity which is 
exciting place to play, right? Yeah, in the magnet space. Definitely. And I think that you hit on something awesome too. You mentioned um, being in, in control of the relationship mm-hmm. almost gave you a sense of safety mm-hmm. uh, and security. I think that's a, definitely a pattern for a lot of women who do have trauma around relationships or even just within themselves, not necessarily even around relationships. You mentioned a lot about healing. What are you healing and how are you healing it? Because I know for a lot of my audience, they mm-hmm. we do healing work and I, I do healing work with, with people as well. But when you're mentioning healing around, mm-hmm. when it's in regards to this, like... Yeah, healing definitely is like a really broad, fuzzy term. Yeah. Another broad, fuzzy spiritual term. So let, let's just acknowledge that. And <laughs> um, to me, looking... Let's, let's look at it like a a cut you know like Mm. so if there's a cut and it's just not getting tended to or it's not getting looked at or it's not getting washed or it's not getting put like uh you know some sort of tea tree oil is what i use on it (laughs) maybe a bandage then that um cut can become infected and it can become worse right Mm -hmm. um so if you stop first notice there's a cut ow something hurts here Mm -hmm. oh okay i noticed something hurts hmm now what does it need Mm. oh it needs some water rinsed on it okay great that then a day might pass and you might go oh it's hurting again now what does it need okay now Mm. it needs um the tea tree oil oh what does it need Mm -hmm. a band-aid so the healing process to me is like that it's not a there's no formula how you hold it in a way and how you pay attention to it your awareness so it's like there's no formula for sexual healing say or like if a woman has had something that has gone on in her body that has been intrusive there you could say oh do therapy then do this then this that's to me is not healing healing is being present with whatever the wounding is and asking it what it needs in real time so for me that's looked like a variety of things it's looked like time alone it's looked like time off from dating it's looked like time engaging with men in a certain way it's looked like ayahuasca ceremonies it's looked like writing articles about my sexuality it's looked like so Mm -hmm. all of that i do think healing is so personal because the way we pay attention to the wounds or stories or narratives that exist within us is so unique to each one of us So what I like to do is help women feel empowered to have the courage to stop and to notice, oh, like, I'm hurting too. Oh, I'm bleeding too. I'm not going to say, oh, use the same bandage that I use, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm going to say, like, it's definitely worth your time (laughs) to stop and to clean the wound. Like, it's definitely going to impact you in a good way or you could keep dating the same people with and you're just kind of putting <laughs> your worse and worse yeah and worse the wound yeah. gets worse or you could take a stop and like you know read some books and go to some things <laughs> and do some breath work and yeah. like cry in the tub or do whatever your process is everyone's process is different right yeah right, definitely right, and i can definitely appreciate that too because i think there's a lot of stuff out there that is this is this is how you heal it this is the one way mm-hmm. um and it's it all works to some extent Mm -hmm. like you said what do I need and really just stop and ask yourself like what is it I need right now or what does this wound need Mm -hmm. right now it's it's beautiful yeah Mm -hmm. so I know we were talking a bit before um, we started recording about 
you you had you mentioned something about uh, feminine and taking control of the relationship. Mm. You mentioned that again earlier. Uh, yeah. I would love for you to expand on that and just um, what that's like because I know for myself I have been that pushover guy. Mm-hmm. Of um, I was just so codependent that it was like yeah cool like whatever you say goes, mm. and I was like I was thinking that that was love in a way, but I was just codependent mm. and needy. Mm-hmm. And I think that the neediness energy and this controlling energy is the magnets that you're talking about in a way. Mm-hmm. can be. Can be. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it can also be flipped, right, in the other direction where you're just getting used constantly or, mm. or you're the user. Um, where, what then, I mean, just, I guess, take the floor on that. I don't really have a question, yeah. but. Well, yeah, there's so many different dynamics. And I think I was talking about earlier, like a dynamic that I've worked with a lot and mm-hmm. that I've seen my different women that I've worked with also kind of struggling with, which mm-hmm. is like being this modern, empowered, independent, strong woman. And that then that can become a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so say maybe there was a childhood where you did feel weaker and then you went through the whole hero's journey to becoming empowered and independent and now you're independent and alone because you don't need anyone. Um, and you know, there's all sorts of shades and variations within that story and kind of cultural story. Mm-hmm. And I think that I do see a lot of women who are really competent, really strong, really powerful successful financially beautiful like and and yet there is this um that some of that has to be surrendered or or submitted or put aside in order to receive someone strong right to trust yeah well in a way well it's not necessarily like to, to the trust comes in, but first, before you trust someone, you have to take off the femin- the, the big feminist, not work for me or what I'm talking mm-hmm. about specifically, yeah. to take off the feminist armor of I'm a really strong, independent mm-hmm. woman and I don't really need you because I'm self-sufficient. First, you have to, in my opinion, if you want mm-hmm. to like engage in this, um, in this way, um, or I'll say not you have to, but like, what I have found is that those that has to come down, right? Mm-hmm. Which creates vulnerability mm-hmm. in a way. And we're talking extreme vulnerability. Right. Because, like, if a woman has spent all this time healing and, like, becoming really strong. And then it's like, oh, actually, now I'm going to let myself be essentially the weaker sex. Or mm-hmm. be the one who's in submission or mm-hmm. surrendered. Um, that required, that's where the trust, you're right. The trust piece comes in there. It's like in order to, but it's like, you can't, a dear friend of mine told me this and she said, you can't, um, you can't wait to trust the person to let them see your real heart. Mm-hmm. Cause that, that doesn't work. Right. Like if I say go on a date with someone and I'm like, okay, I'm coming in as a strong, independent woman. <laughs> And then I'm going to wait till I see if he's trustable to show him that I'm actually right. this like gentle, gorgeous, soft, fiery. Yeah, all then the you things. have a mask on. Exactly. So that's the point that's really scary. <laughs> no, the only way to trust somebody is to trust him. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you know, try to have certain qualifiers and like, right. you know, um, standards for that. But 
essentially I wrote a little post about this the other day because a dear friend of mine she I asked her how do you know if it's worth the risk and she was like well have you ever had your heart broken and could you pick yourself up again if you did and mm-hmm. I said yes you know um because we don't know sometimes right. but then you know we ha- we also get smarter and we notice red flags and like there's <laughs> are there are other right. pieces to the equation right definitely but yeah I think that that's that's an interesting place that I find myself and other women in. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I could just text him and just see what's up and invite him to do something. And it's like, well, is that the dynamic you'd like in your relationship? Mm, if it is... Being super intentional with that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, if it is the dynamic you want, then go for it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't want to be the one planning everything or in control of everything. So... I have to hold back in those moments, mm-hmm. you know, and be intentional. Yeah, because right. you're you're creating creating opportunity for them him then to step up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's something too that I I I'll want to say just for everybody listening that for me as a man, when a woman has that I'm a strong independent woman and I don't need a man mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, it's attractive to me because I'm a strong independent man who doesn't need a woman. Mm. <laughs> But it's also extremely repulsive because then it's like, what the fuck am I for? Exactly. You know? It, so yeah. there is some magnetizing aspect of that. But then it's also like, okay, well, there's no space for me. Exactly. And I, I imagine for men at first it would feel kind of like a relief. Like, thank God, she doesn't really need me. <laughs> but then, then after a certain point, it's like, well, mm-hmm. if she doesn't need me, like, what am I here for? Right. And... um I was just talking to my client about that this earlier. Just like there has to be this like void. It's like very like it's very like anatomy. There has mm-hmm. to be a space to like be filled right. with love. Right. And if you're like, I, I this is where I don't agree always with some of the sort of like I don't know what it's called, like nouveau spiritual. For some reason, <laughs> keeps coming up for me. But yeah, like yeah. this, like I'm just gonna be so happy, like feeling myself that like I I won't notice that I would love to be fucked by a man and loved by a man and held by a man I'm like Mm -hmm. um I'm not gonna play that game oh I'm just gonna be so happy that I'm not gonna remember that I like want that type of love I think that's actually can be quite toxic for women to be like oh I don't need that like hyper or hypo it's the extreme Mm -hmm. um self-love can be a mask for like almost in a way protecting yourself. Yes, yes, yes. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, not, yeah. not having space. And I think um, also to note like love is a human need. You know, mm-hmm. like failure to thrive as an infant. If, mm. if that infant doesn't have physical touch yeah. or attention, affection, it will literally die. It's yeah. called failure to thrive. So we do need to love. Yeah. And to say that I don't need somebody is also lying to yourself exactly yeah and i i do see that and it makes me sad and i'm like am i the only romantic how does that, how does that make you sad no it makes me sad when women deny themselves uh, okay. needing love yeah okay and i'm just like guys like let's not become robots kind of, yeah and it's i think that denial of love like i don't need somebody is coming from a wounded place because yeah. you're always acting out of your hurt or your heart yeah and, like if you your core truth, like you know you want somebody, you're just it's a numbing. 
to say, mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't need it. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're staying in the numbingness instead of, like, fully being alive and experiencing being And experiencing and, the yearning. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's very much a David Data term, too. And I mm-hmm. studied with, you know, I'm not an expert on this stuff at all. This is more of just a conversation. I mean, I'm, I, I work with what I work on yeah. with women specifically, which mm-hmm. is more in that healing and claiming your voice capacity. Um, I'm not an expert on masculine feminine relations or marriage or, right. yeah. <laughs> <you know that? laughs> yeah. um, but I have studied with some great teachers, um, who I got to like practice this in real time. Mm. Um, and that has been so helpful because you can then feel what it feels like to be in your body standing across from a man and show him your yearning Mm. not say i'd really like love but you like (laughs) you become this like kind of like vacuum for yearning and it's Mm. so it's so powerful um his you know there's some several teachers john wineland uh london angel winters justin patrick pierce uh david data there's there's some other people that I've recently stumbled upon, uh, Omaru Pani and Jillian Pothier. They're all make writing and and saying beautiful things in the space of masculine and feminine, and they've all expanded me in beautiful ways. Whereas like without all of them, I might have been stuck in the paradigm of like I'm strong and I don't really need a man, or I'll just choose one who's weak so that I can control him. <laughs> you know um and they've and and through them i've been like oh wow no i crave like strong structured masculine um and and uh, not feeling ashamed for that Mm -hmm. and and also being like i'm not i i crave also submission and not being ashamed of that Mm -hmm. um but that's taken a long time but if i would have gotten married to someone without honoring those parts of myself i would have probably gotten divorced quickly because i would have been like oh shit, I'm still wearing these masks, mm-hmm. you know? So, right. yeah. And it feels so much freer to take the masks off and just yeah. really be yourself. Just be like, I'm a total freak. This is yeah. who I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, last question, you mentioned that you help women with owning their voice. Mm-hmm. Um, could you expand on that? I yeah, I think that it's, I think that's really important um, for people to share and speak and write and, um, I think that the dominant narratives have been in have been primarily like cis white men. So um, to empower people to feel worthy enough to share their voice who are women or would be great also women of color, trans people, whatever. But um, I work primarily with women. Um, for women's stories to be heard, especially stories that are have pain in them or that have shame in them is is incredibly healing not only for other people but for themselves so like the way that as humans we used to used to heal and love and and express ourselves like through just singing and dancing and talking around a fire and cooking together and like walking with our feet on the earth are like the original healing tools we didn't need yeah we didn't need like all these other things in order to feel good like we could share our story around a fire or like gather with other women and cry together or you know do these things that are just and now are are not really um we don't do them in the same way you know it's like how often do you sit around 
um, a fire with friends and share a really vulnerable story and have a cry and yeah. feel safe? Um, or how often do you just sing with people that you love? And maybe some people, this is part of their daily practice, but as humans for thousands of years, like writing and sharing and cooking, like these are just basic ways humans stay okay. <laughs> <laughs> humans, human. Yes. You know, yeah. But yeah. like we're, we're just not, we're computering now. Right. So it's like, it's, for me, having women share their stories and also share them in rooms where their physical mm. bodies and tears and sounds is so important to to me. And the internet is great and I do so much work on there and um, I love having people together. Mm-hmm. And I see the power of hearing someone's story in a room and how it changes things. So I love that and I, I, I just really love to hear other people's stories and... I think everyone's worthy of um, sharing and whatever forum feels good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's a lot of space. I think for me, I was like, okay, I've shared my stories for so long. I want to step back a bit and empower other women because I don't want to take up all the space with like my, you know, like <laughs> I was born in Georgia, white girl problems. <laughs> so like, like, is there a way that I can kind of facilitate spaces for other people also to have a voice? which has been what's happened in, in my work over the past few years in mm. different retreats and I in circles. And I empowered women to start their own circles and in different places and do that kind of women's work and gather together and whatever. Um, because I think it's important that everybody feels safe to tell their stories. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So where can people find out more about you and your story? On Instagram, I I love sharing on Instagram. I think it's such an easy platform um, for connection and for sharing our stories. Um, And it's it's just Alexandra Roxo, R-O-X-O. And my website is the same, though I'm in the middle of updating it, so don't look at it today. (laughs) Um, Look at my Instagram. Um, And I have like a free embodiment practice on Insight Timer that people really love. It's like... An embodied sound and breath work practice really help people get in their bodies. So if you want something free, there's that. Um, and then I do group coaching and mentorship, and that's all on my Instagram too. Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you so much for this conversation. You're so welcome. For everybody, go check out her stuff. She's awesome, as you could tell. And as always, put some heart into everything that you do today. <laughs>